Hello, everybody, and welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David, and I'm joined with today. This is Lewis. We're back. Guys is sleeping. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't wake him up. Yeah, um, he'll be back next week for sure. Before we get started this week, I want to take a second to apologize to all of, our, all of our listeners for the lack of content last week. Unfortunately, part two of our Batman and Robin podcast went to the shits because of audio issues. Yeah, it sounded like trash. So we def- we didn't want any of you guys to listen to a poor product, so we decided to just nix that one and start brand new this week. But we definitely promise we will have a commentary in the near future. Yeah, we're back like we never left, folks. But bottom line is, I like Batman and Robin for the guilty pleasure it is, and my two co-hosts do not. I like Batman and Robin. That's one of my guilty pleasures also. Do You have so many. I have way too many. So this week we have a few things to discuss, and our main topic today will be our top 10 favorite films of all time, which I know will get a shitstorm of response from our listeners. And of course... For the good and the bad. Expect a lot of disagreements between me and Dave, as always. Yeah, and Gaius can listen in and chime in next week with his 10. So before we get started with that, we're going to touch on some news for the week. So the first thing that released last week while i was on vacation was the it trailer oh yeah i think it looks so good it looks way better than the original in my opinion i it's a guilty pleasure i guess but that original is really really bad for me it was I, i don't find it good anymore at all like the part with the kids when it first starts about the first half of the movie with the kids, that's really good. I thought it was really good. But once it gets to the adults... Yeah, it drags on. And it's so bad. And spoiler alert, I really don't like what happens to Pennywise in the end. I don't know if the book... I didn't read the book, so I don't know if the book ends in the same way. Because sometimes the movies take liberties with the product. I'm wondering if the new one is going to end the same way. I think it'll look better than it did back in... Well, 90. it'll definitely look better, but I didn't. we'll see how it goes. It sucks because... It's split into two movies, and I think that was the original director's Kari Fukunaga's like original vision. And they said, "No, we want to make one movie," and he left the product, the project, and that sucks because he would have killed that pro that movie. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully it'll be good. It, the trailer looked amazing, so yeah, I'm I looking mean, forward the, to it. It it looks exactly like if you've seen. There's a side by side of the original mm-hmm. and the and this new one. And it looks pretty similar. I think they did that with Beauty and the Beast a few. It doesn't ago. look that similar. I, I mean, they look similar, but this Pen- one's like way like scary. No, this is way darker. Yeah, and Pennywise looks pretty dope. Oh, wait, you talking about the, the overall it, movie? I thought you were just no, talking it was about on Pennywise. no the trailer on YouTube. It was a side by side comparison oh, of yeah, the yeah, original yeah. trailer and the new one. Yeah, yeah, they went pretty uh, similar with both of them. I yeah, I mean, I'm still gonna be watching it despite the fact that it's not Carrie Fukunaga directing it. I think the director of Mama. You know what it kind of reminded me of? Um, Sinister is it? Yeah, the the yeah, the first one's good. The second yeah, one, it kind of really, reminded me of Sinister, especially that projector scene. The second one's right up your alley because it sucks so I, I much. I did see the second one; it wasn't that good. It's yeah. so bad. Um, the I liked Mama when it came out a few years back. It was fine. It was you know was it did right its job. Me. Yeah, it was alright to me. And then the also the other trailer that came out last week was War of the Planet of the Apes. I, I didn't get a chance to see that one yet. It looks even better than the first one. I mean, all the the last two movies that come out were excellent, so I'm expecting nothing less with this one. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I it's it looks by the 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 trailer that this might be the last one. So I'm hoping that. 
they Caesar doesn't die. He probably will. It's probably I'm hoping for an epic conclusion. Yeah, and I was a little against the Woody Harrelson casting of the villain, but after this trailer, it looks pretty good. Well, I'm gonna have to check that out this yeah. week. Now, other news of the week is something that I will talk about with Gaius when he comes back because you don't watch Bates Motel, right? No, nah, I've only watched like the first two episodes of the first season. That's all I got. So, I love Alfred Hitchcock and I love Psycho and. I understand when things get remade, things will be changed, uh-huh. as in Halloween and other Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. However, when it came to this little twist, I don't know if you heard about it. No, I haven't heard anything about it. So, spoiler alert for the next about two minutes. Um, on Bates Motel, Marion Crane, who we all know is killed by Norman Bates, uh-huh. is not killed on Bates Motel. Really? Her boyfriend is Sam Loomis, and the iconic shower scene from Psycho was switched up, and I am quite upset about it. How did they switch it up? Because Marion Crane didn't die in the shower, and he he killed. Did he kill him in the shower? Yes, (laughs) he he did. And I I understand where people want to be different, but to me, it's like. Did Michael My- if if Michael Myers didn't kill his sister, despite things being reimagined, he still killed his sister, and that was the turning point of his origin. And we get Norman Bates killing some guy, you know, Marion Crane's boyfriend. And Sam Loomis is an important part of Psycho, but I I hated it. And Gaius is a big fan of the show, so I can't wait for him to come back so we can debate on it. Yeah, next week we'll definitely ask for his input on that one. And then. Anything else you want to chime in before we get into a little debate I want to go with with you? Uh, No, I mean, let's go right into it. All right. So you saw Boss Baby and you hated it. I did not like that movie. I saw Boss Baby yesterday. Did you like it? It's not terrible. It, I, it, I My first question is, I read your review, uh-huh. and I want to know what the hell you thought was so confusing. It wasn't that it was like so confusing that it, it like, you know, left me... In a daze, but I, it was just the aspect of the imagination. Like, w- did he re- did he imagine his brother the whole time talking? I what I think it is, it's it's a little boy trying to cope with the fact that he's about to be a big brother and not being the only child anymore. Well, yeah, that's definitely the basis of the movie. Wow. Yeah, but I I think that's and the fact that they put a lot of emphasis of him using his imagination a lot. With him being a pirate and all that stuff throughout the movie, and the, the I in think the this whole I think this whole thing is more of a his imagination running wild, and then him imagining what it's going to be like, how his little brother would take over and all that stuff, and then we eventually get to the point at the end, spoiler alert, where he accepts the fact that he's going to be a big brother. Yeah, but it doesn't really like really hit the point that it you know is his brother really talking or like they didn't really like. Well, I don't think they. It's a, I think for that aspect, I don't think they tried to because it is all it is a kids movie. Yeah, but I look, I took what I I took that from it, and then at the end when was it Tobey Maguire is the the narrator? Yeah, yeah, and he's or the older version of the, he's kind of like saying to his daughter, "Yeah, it's okay if you feel a certain way because you're about to be a big sister." Because I went through the same thing when I became a big brother, mm-hmm. and I think in the end. Everything, I think everything tightens up nicely. It's not great. I mean, by any stretch of the image. I still think kids will enjoy this movie a lot. Uh, my review was just more of an adult standpoint. Uh, oh, I mean, as an adult, if I had to sit down and write a review on this, I'd probably throw in between a two and a half. 
Yeah, I don't know, I mean, three maybe. Because I, I was entertained. It had entertaining parts. Uh, I just felt like it was a generic story, and I felt as far as that baby being born kind of delivering, I felt Storks was a better movie for that kind of genre. I guess we'll call it. I've never seen Storks. Storks is good. Uh, it was a lot better than this movie. Uh, DreamWorks has, you know, they really got to step up the game a little bit for me. They've been falling off a bit. I think there's another Shrek coming out. There's another Shrek coming out. Yeah. I'm not wow. sure how true that is. I know there's Despicable I... Me 3 is about the one I'm looking forward to. Looks from, good. Looks good. Uh, that one, and I, I I will say for DreamWorks, their best movies have been the How to Train Your Dragon series. Uh, Shrek, lately. Is their, Shrek is their best. No, I mean lately. Oh, lately. lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying all, overall. I no, don't... overall, it would probably be. Yeah, I'll say Shrek is up there. It got a little uh, towards the end, but Shrek is definitely their best franchise. I think once it... Out of the DreamWorks? Yeah. I think once it got past the second one, I was a little meh. But the yeah. first one is good. And then you were talking about Boss Baby. We were talking about Boss Baby before. And then the box office results came in a few minutes ago. Yeah, it was surprising. And Boss Baby for the second straight week is number one at the box office. Another $26 million. That's pretty insane. I mean, if, do even it. though I gave it a bad review, congratulations to DreamWorks for that. Maybe it'll, you know, whatever going to make a good movie. I think sometimes the box office is like the rap game when it yeah. comes to like charts and records yeah. sold you don't have to be good yeah, it's not always the best like i personally like you know the boss baby but i know that you don't have to be a good movie to make money transformers yeah. is going to make a bajillion dollars and it's probably going to suck yep. because they haven't made one good one yet fast and furious is going to make a boatload of money some early reviews are not it's they're saying that it's crazy it's over the top okay so what we expect from fast and furious i'm i'm not the biggest fast and furious fan anymore I go, Fast and Furious is amazing. I like The Rock, so I'll watch. I'll go to watch The Rock. I love how non-serious they take themselves now. Dude, when I saw the fucking submarine come out of the fucking... Where, where are we? I'm so looking forward to that oh scene. Oh, my God. It's Tyrese in a, in a green Lamborghini and a submarine coming out the ice. See, I, I kind of hope that that scene is right at the beginning of the movie because it will get me to a point that I'm like, all right, the shit they pulled out for the first fucking 10 minutes, I can only imagine what they're going to do for the final, like, two hours or whatever. That actually, that actually looks like the second act to me. As far as, like, in my experience of watching the movie, that looks like a second act scene. And I hope that th- there's some twists because I cannot stand a movie that we're going to get some guy that's all about family become bad and then eventually become good and th- as that the focal point of the movie. Exactly. And Speaking of Fast and Furious too, if you want to go into Unreal. Oh, well, yeah, we can get into that. I wanted to finish the box office real okay, quick. No problem. And then Beauty and the Beast finished at number two with $25 million. Smurfs, which I don't think I know anyone that saw it. Did I did it? not see it. $14 million underperforming. Going in style, which I loved what was it going in style the okay. movie with michael kane yeah and then um ghost in the shell disappoints again was another seven yeah that movie did you see huge, that i haven't seen it but i you know everybody i've talked to about it huge disappointment man that's a shame uh, scarjo you'd think that yeah i don't think hit? she's a good lead actress for a film unfortunately She's good. Uh, I don't know. Her last couple movies, I mean, you know, they haven't wowed me at all. Well, this I saw Lucy and Lucy was Lucy was yeah, yeah, exactly. Didn't she like turn into a computer at the end or something, something like that? Like that. Something like that. Was but pretty... as for an overall movie, though, I don't feel like she like she's a good supporting actress. She was in that film with um uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Where they were playing the Jersey Shore uh, Weedle type characters. Oh, I can't remember what that movie was But she did, well, she did good in that movie. It was a little a bit outside her realm, and she still did good. Like She's good supporting actress, but a movie where she's the main actress, I can't. I'm okay with her. I like her. She's great as Scarlet Witch. 
Not Scarlet Witch. Who is she? Well, Black Widow. Black Widow. But yeah. she's a supporting actress in that. Yeah. She's not, she's not the lead in that movie. Um, And then we round up the top 10 with um, Power Rangers, still holding strong, six mil. I love them. I want to watch it again, actually. I definitely want to see that again. And Skull Island, Logan, Get Out, and The Case for Christ, which I didn't even know was coming out. Congratulations to Get Out. Uh, we put up an article this week. Uh, it broke records as the most money gross for uh independent or no, original screenplay movie. That's pretty good. Yeah. Especially for first it beat out uh, Blair Witch. I'm very happy about that cuz I can't stand the Blair Witch project. Yeah. yeah. It's it I don't care what anyone says. They can come see me because that movie is pure shit. I'm actually going to get into that in my uh top 10 overall. If that movie is in your top 10, yeah, no, I'm no, going no, to it's, punch it's you. definitely not, but I'm going to get into it. Oh, so terrible. Um I understand what it did for the time, but no. Uh, I, I can't stand that uh, movie. Spo- uh, quick, quick little teaser. There's a better movie that did it better than it for the time. I well, we're gonna. I can't wait till Halloween comes because I can't wait to get into that. Like my destruction of the Blair Witch Project, and I know guys <laughs> likes that movie. Have you seen too. the new? I haven't seen the new one. And it's probably shit too. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I've, I saw the first two, and I did. I hated it. Um, now as we get into Unreal, you wanted to talk about Fast and the Furious. We have two. We have two topics today. Yes, let's get into that. So for the Unreal segment, uh, going back to the the Fast and Furious franchise, uh, there's reports that the writer might bring back Han, a crowd favorite character who we've seen die. Didn't he die like twice? In two movies he's died. Well, I mean, it's the same death, but they showed it in two movies, and he, his car literally exploded. Did he say why? He never want to bring him back? Uh, he just says he likes the actor, he likes working with him. And, I mean, they're so over the top that they might pull it off, too, like, they're just going to bring back somebody from the dead, probably with little explanation. Yeah, and the fact is that they, like, zoomed in on his face in the car before it exploded, too. Yep. So you're just like, hmm, I yep. wonder how they're going to do that. I wonder and, if uh, he's going to come back with Bow Wow. In the Hulk car? In the Hulk car. And I wouldn't pay to see that. And I'm not, if they do that, it's going to, yeah, I don't, I don't we'll see. Uh, what's your Unreal? So mine is your boy Shia LaBeouf. Shia Booth. He has a new war movie called Man Down that opened in the UK last weekend. Okay. And ap- according to Variety, only one ticket was purchased the entire weekend. It was probably that's, from Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> that's just ridiculously unreal. Like, how do you... That's crazy. I, I've seen some bad movies. Yeah. And they've filled up five people, at least, maybe ten. There's a theater close to where I live... Lou, you know about this theater. It's by uh, uh, the gym that I work out at, LA Fitness. The theaters, I don't even remember. They change names so the, often. The, the, I don't the even, B-I-G, what is it called now? B.I.G. Empire. Like the Notorious B.I.G. Cinema? <laughs> Something like that. So there's a cinema that no one goes to. And sometimes after I work out, I'm like, oh, let me catch a Philly. So I, you know, I go, whatever. And there's at least always like 10 people in it, despite the fact that they get no one. Uh, this movie that's brand new. To the UK, only got one ticket sold. The star power of Charlotte. Oh, that guy! It. That guy should be in the next Marvel film. Yeah, no, actually, he might be a good villain. No, he won't. No, he'd be a crazy ass villain in the Marvel series. No, I have, I haven't liked Shia LaBeouf since he had that Disney Channel show. He was actually good in that Tank movie. Um, Tank. Oh, Fury. Yeah, Fury. yeah, yeah. But he, he wasn't the main guy. So he wasn't. Yeah. He goes up. He goes under the line of where you were saying that people that shouldn't yeah, lead movies. One hundred percent. And now we get to our main discussion, which I can't wait to get into. Here we go. Especially because we're going in blind, 
and they're going to probably get a completely different list. Oh, I mean, it's top 10 movies of all time. No, no. Before we get, this isn't the top 10 greatest movies of all time. No, 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 of course not. All right, this, this week's debate and discussion will be on our 10 favorite films of all time. So that necessarily, they don't have to be the greatest thing ever made. It's but, the stuff we enjoy. And the w- movies that have held a special place in our hearts for as long as we've been alive. We have some honorable mentions. If you want to go first with your honorable mention, do you have any or do you just want to go straight to your turn? Uh, I do not have any honorable mentions. So I do. My honorable mention was my number 10, but it's moved out for oh, another out. movie. Out. My honorable mention is Scarface. And the reason that Scarface is on my list or almost made the list as it used to be in my number 10 was because it's the first gangster film that I ever saw. Okay. And because of that, I was able to piggyback off Scarface to watch Goodfellas Casino, The Godfather, Godfather Part 2, Once Upon a Time in America, all of these types of mob films. And I am very grateful for Scarface for that. It's not the greatest movie ever made. And Tony Montana, Al Pacino does not have the greatest Cuban accent. Speaking mm-hmm. from a Cuban American myself, it's not very good accent, but Al Pacino kills it in that role as he kills everything he does. Uh, well, I'll pick it back off that. I actually do have an honorable mention now that you mentioned it, but I'll give it to Goodfellas. Oh, Goodfellas is That would so be good. my honorable mention. Goodfellas that is. I actually almost didn't make my list. Uh, there was a movie in there I was debating over it with it. All right. So with that being said, you can kick it off. With what's your number 10? My number 10 is going back to the Blair Witch uh stuff we just said earlier there is a movie that did it better for the horror genre uh I'm gonna guess. that was promoted as real uh as a real event and it came out and it was one of at the time it was one of the most terrifying movies i've seen uh the first paranormal activity not bad it's the one that i like the best that is the best paranormal activity hands down and it's probably one of the best found footage films i've ever seen because i really don't like that genre of horror oh, i don't I love like the found genre of horror, but yeah that, this one stands on top of that mountain uh when i saw that movie uh just going to sleep was uh a task in itself so that one holds a holds a very special place in my heart uh i could watch that over and over again it was so well done the atmosphere was amazing in that movie it's it spooked me out and like I horror genre is one of my favorite genres. It probably is my favorite genre, so okay. I can deal with a lot of garbage when it comes to that genre. But same here, this movie scared the shit out of me in terms of like the atmosphere of what was her name, the girl's name. Oh man, Do you remember her name? I literally just saw she all was the so she was so goddamn creepy. Katie, Katie, I don't like the ending. Um, there's multiple endings. Uh, I don't like the one they picked for the film. I like the one that she just like. I know why they did it because yeah, they wanted yeah. to set up a sequel. But I kind of like the one that she just like cuts. Yeah. She kills. She kills her fiance or whatever, yeah, she and cuts then she her cuts her throat. Cuts yeah. her throat. Yeah, I like that so one I, too. you know, it's a conclusion, and that's the one issue that I always have with horror movies that they always try to leave everything open because they're so, you know, obsessed with sequels. Yeah, and I, I to me that doesn't. Sometimes you know you can make a sequel. You just create a new villain or something like that. Exactly. So my number 10 is going to be, I guess, controversial because of how new it is. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people hate it now, but my number 10 is La La Land. Oh, it made the top 10. Look at that. And it's, it's, it's my favorite movie since 2008. And I won't even mention what that movie is until later because it's in my top 10. 
I absolutely loved La La Land. I've seen the movie four or five times already, and every time I watch it, it just brings a smile to my face. And sometimes that's what movies are meant to do. We have all these serious tones and films and these um, true story-driven films, but sometimes it's okay to go to a movie and escape, and that's what La La Land did for me. I know that it's hated by so many for some reason because they just want to hate on something. Some of the arguments that I've seen is that Emma Stone didn't deserve that Oscar because she's not a great singer, so on and so forth. But if my but if my recollection is is correct, Mm -hmm. if if my memory serves me right, Mia is a struggling actress. She's not supposed to be a perfect actress. She's not supposed to be a perfect singer. So if these haters will say Emma Stone is or is not a good singer and Mia's supposed to be great singer, then that wouldn't make her a struggling actress, would it? Exactly. So it's like people love to hate on shit, and it pisses me off, especially with this movie. And, you know, I'm not going to get into all this Oscar stuff again because I'm, you know, I'm over it at this point. But that movie has done wonders in terms of motivate me to make this podcast better, not giving up. And that movie is a lot of reason for it because she didn't give up on her goal to eventually become an actress and yeah she gave up the person she loved most more than anybody and and all that stuff but to me that movie will hold a special place in my heart and yeah did it win best picture but i guarantee you 50 years down the line people are going to remember la la land more than they ever will moonlight and i love moonlight that's not shitting on moonlight but i don't see moonlight having screenings anymore i see la la land having concerts on their instagram they have people that are dressing up as the characters doing scenes from the movie i don't see that with moonlight and I will hold my, I will hold for, and I will argue anybody and debate anybody that tells me that I'm nuts for putting La La Land in my number ten. But uh, yep, La La Land is my number ten. I love that movie, and I will watch it for years to come. It's a good number ten. What What's your number nine? My number nine is my favorite, arguably the best war movie ever made, and that is Saving Private Ryan. What's your I'm, opinion on that? No, dude. Good. I was literally going to say you're going to have like the worst list ever, but that is a, a, so good. I love Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. That first scene on the beach was. It's one of the best scenes of I've all time. I've never seen anything like that when I saw that. That was the, the realness that they brought to war was fantastic in that film. Yeah, no, I. I, it was one of those movies that made my list when I was talking about like Oscar snubs that yes. should have won Best Picture. Oh, I don't under, I don't understand. It, it's probably I'm very different when it comes to Steven Spielberg. He's one of my favorite directors of all time. But mm-hmm. Schindler's List is not my number one favorite Steven Spielberg movie. Like a, a lot of people do. My favorite Steven Spielberg movie is E.T. and then Jurassic Park. And then Schindler's List, but Saving Private Ryan is right at the top. Yeah, it was one of his best works. And he won Best Director for that film, so. Yeah, it's a fantastic film, something I revisit often. Uh, It's just, the the emotion I get out of that movie is unlike any other movie I've seen. Absolutely. My number nine, it goes back to what your honorable mention is Goodfellas. There you go. Goodfellas, I remember the first time I saw Goodfellas, I was 17. I picked it up at Best Buy in those old dvd covers that really really sucked and i watched it that was my senior year and i used to get out of school like at one o'clock okay the benefits of senior year yep so i i went home and i sat there and i watched it and i just became i just fell in love with the character of ray Ray Liotta's character and joe pesci is so good yeah to this day like you know do i amuse you 
Am I a fucking clown? Do I amuse you? That line still. a whole still. bunch of great lines in that movie. And De Niro is De Niro. It's and the fact that it's a true story and everything turned out the way it turned out. Use it, Scorsese at his best. I think Scorsese was also robbed in that. Another honorable mention, which I felt kind of piggyback off the success of this movie, was uh, Casino. Oh, I like Casino. But you know what the problem is with Casino for me? I just felt, I it, think, felt it felt like Goodfellas Part Two yep, to me, and it felt like it came out so soon after Goodfellas yeah. that you're like, ah, uh, here we go. I mean, it's good, but it's not Goodfellas. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, I prefer Henry Hill's story over. I don't even remember the guys. The, nah, I don't know. It was basically the same characters in a different movie to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, Joe Joe Pesci, was was he the best in the show, in the movie for you? In Casino? Yeah. No, yeah. in, in uh, Goodfellas. Yeah, I, him and Ray Liotta were up there for me. It's crazy you mentioned Ray Liotta. It's watching Goodfellas, and I could watch that movie any day of the week. If you watch Ray Liotta in that movie, you'd think he's going to have, like, this amazing career. Yeah. And now he's on Shades of Blue. Yeah. And I don't know what happens there. And I'm getting looks right now for saying Shades of Blue. I like Shades of Blue. Never seen it in my life. But that show jumped the fucking shark after, like, the first episode of season two, and I'm already done. Yeah, I've never seen an episode in my life. And I don't like J-Lo. I like her musically. I don't like her. Anything she does when it comes to acting or music. Oh, acting, yeah. No. You don't like Made in Manhattan? No. I'm sure someone I know does. (laughs) What's your number? Well, your number eight. My number eight. Uh, if there's one movie that scared me more than Paranormal Activity, it's probably one of the greatest horror movies ever made. That's The Exorcist. Okay. Uh, yeah, that scared the shit out of me when I was little. Uh, I made that mistake of watching it like most kids of my age, watching it too young. And that was one of the most realest movies I've ever seen in my life. I saw that movie when I was 13 years old, and yep. it scared the shit out of me. It's it, To us, because we're an older crowd, it... We understand all the like the craziness of that movie nowadays. You're you know, there's no gore in that. There's no like. Well, extra... that movie was all based off atmosphere. Yeah, it's all about. Scene I, I feel atmosphere. like it still holds up to this day. Yeah, it's, it's my number two horror movie of all time. Yeah. So I I'm with you on that. My number eight is the greatest horror film of all time. Here we go. What's Halloween. Halloween. Okay, I'm not mad at it. I have I watch this movie at least three times every Halloween. I can watch it right around right around September. I just start going to this horror craze, and I just watch it. Just get the atmosphere of Halloween. I never did anything for me, but I respect the legacy of it. it so. It's w- one of the greatest scores of all time. Yeah, of course. The greatest movie horror killer of all time. Yeah, hands down. It doesn't have to explain who he is. It just it has no. He has no motive. He just does what he does. And I love, absolutely love. We were talking about like how movies, horror movies, leave that open ended part. Yeah, Halloween does it in a way that, of course, he did. Of course, he got gets up while being shot six times. He just goes off, and I love how the theme is playing, and you go from all the places he's been in throughout the movie, and then it just ends, and it's so well done. It's you know. For someone that loves Alfred Hitchcock as much as I do, he didn't make my top ten, but his, all his movies are so amazing. But you can see essence of Hitchcock's work in that movie, and that's why I think it's the greatest horror movie of all time and my number eight favorite film of all time. What is your number seven? My number seven is probably Denzel's best work ever. If you're going to say Malcolm X. 
It no, it's a uh, American. No, it's not American Gangster. You're gonna say Training Day. It's Training Day. Oh, dear we go. I love Training Day. I'm okay. That movie was an adrenaline rush the whole ride. That oh. was one of the. I've never seen a performance like that perfectly capture a crooked cop like Denzel has. I mean, oh man, I forgot the name of the movie. Uh, Which, what, that he played a cop? No, it was another movie uh, with a crooked cop in New York. I forgot the name of it, but we'll revisit that another time. But Denzel, hands down, plays the best crooked cop in cinema history to me. Uh, oh, I like Training Day. I don't love Training Day. I don't think he should won. I don't think he should have won the Oscar for Training Day. He definitely should have won the Oscar for Training Day. I think he won the Oscar because he's Denzel, and Sidney Poitier was in the room, and Halle Berry won the Oscar too. I think, you know, Oscar, well, that was, yeah, that was a legendary Oscar. Oscar, o- Oscar does a lot of race driven things sometimes, and I think that was definitely one of the, one of those. I think he's done so much better work. He should have won for Malcolm X, which he was amazing in. But you know, Denzel's one of the greatest of all time. He should have won for Malcolm X, but I feel. This movie was his most memorable role to everybody. Oh yeah, I mean to to the casual moviegoer, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, remember Denzel on Training Day? He kicks yeah. ass. So many quotables. My my number seven takes us to a galaxy far, far away, and it's The Empire Strikes Back. To me, it's probably the third greatest sequel of all time. I, I, third, fourth greatest sequel of all time. It. So much better than Star Wars. Yeah, it was way better than the original. Because we have a little bit of development in terms of Luke's motives, he why he wants to be a Jedi. And I'm not even going to count what happens with at the end with Vader, with yeah. his reveal. But my favorite part of Empire Strikes Back is development of Leia and Han's characters. and their, Oh, yeah, that was great. It has one of the greatest movie lines of all time. I love you, I know. It, <laughs> it It's one of... I've seen some making of features on Empire Strikes Back and they interviewed Harrison Ford and he's like, why did you choose to say I know instead of I love you too? And he said, because that's what Han would do. That's exactly what Han would do. And the first time I showed a certain someone that movie, she was like, she just made a face like this arrogant prick just didn't even say it back. (laughs) And I love Princess Leia, and I love everything about that movie. And I love how it ends. I love that it doesn't end on a happy note. And it's one of the first movies that I saw growing up that didn't just end on a, like, hey, everyone, we're, you know, we made it, we're happy. It ended on, like, you know, sometimes life isn't easy. And it's not easy for Han and Luke and Leia. I mean, fucking Han ends Empire Strikes Back in fucking Carbonite. They, uh, yeah, they, uh, they ended, they gave us that happy ending in the third one, which was very I, cheesy. I, whatever. <laughs> I hate Ewoks. Ewoks are the worst oh things. Oh my god! Any any anyone that likes Ewoks, oh, they're like yeah. poor man's Wookies. Yeah, they are. And you know, at this point, it's the best Star Wars film ever made, and we're gonna get so many to come. So I don't think anything will ever touch it. I love how like I like Rogue One a lot, and I watched it last yesterday, and I thought it you know it it plays a lot better as it keeps going. But when people tell me that it's better than Empire Strikes Back, they need to kick rocks. Because yeah, no, Empire Strikes Back made the franchise. Yeah, I mean Star Wars. Star Wars is labeled as one of the greatest movies of all time for the achievement that it made. But in terms of story, Empire nothing to me tops Empire Strikes Back. And on that note, what is your number six? My number six is my favorite uh, Pixar movie, which is Toy Story three. Okay, not, not one, three, not two. One was good. 
Uh, but three, since we already built up a relationship with this character, was so emotionally driven. It was a masterpiece of animation. That movie captured so much feeling out of me. Uh, you know, we we grew up with these characters. They almost died. That was a tearjerker. Uh, the element of Andy uh, having to relinquish his childhood uh, through the toys was a great aspect in the movie. It was just a great combination of the story. I'm um, still pretty upset that they're trying to make a fourth one, actually. I hate that they're making a fourth one. Yeah. And I bet you... You know what? I think they should say we're done. They should have been like, done with three. I, I'm i going to say that three is the most heartbreaking one for me. And it's not in the scene that you may think. It's not when you think they're going to die. It's at the end when he finally has to give them up to the little girl. Yeah. I was in tears. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. It's like I... Obviously, I'm a grown man now. I don't have any toys on me or anything like that, except I collect Funkos. Shout out to Funko. But I can imagine a point in time where I had that one toy that I loved more than anything, my Pee Wee Herman doll or my Power Rangers or my Batman figures. And when I had to give them up and I was just like, oh, it hit the feels. It really did. Yeah, that was a great way to end the, the trilogy. And in all honesty, it was the end of our childhood in terms of like movies because Toy Story 1 started in 1996 yep. and we were kids. And Toy Story 3 is in 2010 and we're, you know, about to graduate college and, you know, go into the real world. So. Yeah, I felt like that movie had the most impact with our generation. Yeah, the timing of the releases yeah. are perfect. All right. And, and what's my- your number six? Number six is a movie we've talked about before when we were talking about uh, comic book films. Batman 89 is my number six. There you go. Batman 89, I've not, you know, not going to be a broken record and repeat what I said before. It's the most important comic book film of all time, the most important DC film, the most important, one of the most important films of all time in terms of marketing. Batman started the idea and gave confidence to studios that, yeah, we can market these movies. And, uh, and spend money on them. And they will, you know, reciprocate with some money. I mean, Batman was the highest grossing film of the time. And it's not great. It's not the best movie ever made. But it's damn entertaining to me. I watch it about five, six times a year. Yeah. And to me, it has the greatest Batman of all time. And Michael Keaton. And Jack Nicholson kills the role when he dons the makeup of the Joker. He Mr. Is, J himself. Not the greatest Joker of all time, but he is... But damn um, close. Uh, and to get a role like that, to get a name like Nicholson in 89, says that the studio was going all in. Yeah, of course. And too bad that, you know, Warner Brothers is doing such a fine job with the DCEU right now. But that's another story for another time. Well, we got the first sighting of Batman on his list. <laughs> Probably not the last. I don't know about we'll that. See. We'll see. We'll see. My, what's your number five? My number five, I kind of cheated a little bit because I couldn't pick. You can't use a trilogy. It's not a trilogy because I don't use the third one. But I couldn't pick between the first and the second one. But it's the Godfather 1 and 2. You cheated. I did cheat. I'm sorry. I couldn't pick which one was better. I loved the first one. I know number two was better, but I the first one holds a special place in my heart. Uh, it's definitely one of the best gangster movies ever made. Uh, that movie was a masterpiece for its time. It was so well done. Mm, I can't speak on this right now. I know. I, I'm, <laughs> I already predicted this is going to be on yours. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for your we'll opinion. We'll see on. when we get that. My number five is Ghostbusters. Oh, the original. Oh, yes. You sure? Not the not the new, not the new one. 
I, I will say the remake is better than part two of Ghostbusters. Oh, that's not saying much. <laughs> so I, I remember watching Ghostbusters when I was probably like seven years old. Mm-hmm. And I remember the tape having like, it's, uh, like the old VHS tape had the strip of Ghostbusters on the wall. I mean, on it, on yeah. the tape. And I'm like, oh, this seems interesting. I plugged that in and I'm like, I, that's the day I became a Bill Murray fan. And it's been there for about. 25 years now Bill Murray did fantastic it's one of the greatest comedies of all time yeah and it's just it's easy to watch anytime it's on I watch it I own I own about four copies of it the DVD the Blu-ray the Ultra HD I still have the VHS somewhere in my house so it's a movie that I go to it's a go to anytime I just want to cheer up just disappear and just watch a movie and be entertained and Ghostbusters because I grew up with it so much really holds a special place in my heart as well. Yeah, it was a great franchise for the time. Uh, something a lot of people hold dear. And, and it's funny, you mentioned that. like That movie could have made so much money if it was marketed right in terms of like figures. Yeah, and definitely could have. That's what. That's why it goes back to Batman being so important. Like, If they knew what they knew that they could get out of a movie, that move, that, oh my God, I can't imagine how much money they oh, would have made on merchandise. I mean, Ghostbusters is making a lot of merchandise money now with all the like, the figures and stuff like that, but to think how much money they could have made back in '84 would be insane. Yeah, I mean, action figures were in high demand during that time, so one can only imagine the figures they would have made. Yes, sir. And what's your number four? My number four is uh, my favorite animated film of all time, not just Pixar, and that's The Lion King. You're not. You know what? I got to give you a lot of credit. I think you're gonna come out with like the ridiculousness of movies right now. You're, <laughs> you thought we're gonna be all all seven fast and like you're songs. about to be like. <laughs> I thought you're gonna be like uh, half baked, half baked. Honorable mention. Stop it. I don't right. definitely and a Friday trilogy. I expected. I honestly expected number one to be like. I don't know well, we Soul gotten, Plane or something like that. Soul, I, I just saw no, Soul Plane last night. Don't say you like Soul Plane. Don't do this to me. I, I, Soul Plane did not make my list, but I did saw, see it last night again, and that was it's funny. No, man. it's not. It's it so is. terrible. It's so it's very cheesy. And oh movie. my god, so bad. All right, let me keep going. I'm sorry. Go to Lion. Anyway, King. the Lion King. Uh, like we said on our last top ten, uh, I'm not going to repeat too much, but. Literally a great story, great great uh, animation, very memorable characters, something that people hold very dear to heart. It really doesn't matter what generation you saw it on. Like, everybody universally loves that movie. Uh, you know, the feelings you get once you that intro hits, everybody knows all the songs. It's one of the best Disney films ever made, hands down. No disagreement there. My number four is the greatest time travel movie of all time. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Back to the Future. Back to the Future. It's a story that, like, in retrospect, should be creepy as fuck. It is very creepy. Like, your mom falls in love with you. Yeah, that movie had a lot of creepy moments. But the fact that they made it into such a sweet movie, like, it's... It, the characters of Marty and Doc are so endearing. I love watching them every time. They're, it's one of the best, I guess, combos. Yeah, combos in in the history of film with Marty and Doc. Um, I let me see what else can I say that not hasn't been said about this movie. Um, oh, I think the score gets very is very underrated. The score of that movie is awesome. The one thing I will I I always have to call bullshit on certain things. I will call bullshit that you know how like we all time has seconds. It's not just by the minute. Mm-hmm. So. You know, we're going to do this whole 
the t- clock has to hit like ten oh five or whatever. Yeah, but we don't know how many seconds. Exactly. So like, I'm like, <laughs> Doc is really smart, but is he really that smart that he timed this? He knew what second that that lightning was going to hit the clock tower. We call that Hollywood magic. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, I love the sequel too. Yeah, I actually like all three. I'm not one that like shits on the third one because it has to do with the western theme, but I do like all three of them. But few, Back to the Future, I remember I got into that movie because of Universal Studios. When I was a kid, I went to Universal Studios with my family. I went on Back to the Future: The Ride, and I was like, "This shit is fucking awesome." And not in those words because I was like six, but you probably did. <laughs> but I was like, I need to see this like ASAP. So next door to the Back to the Future ride, there was like this store. Like, you know how like rides have stores selling merch or whatever? Yeah. And I got the first movie for like 30 bucks. VHS for 30 bucks. A th- a th- yeah, that's a, a something that no one today will ever hear again. That's like a super 4K Blu-ray version now. And then when I saw it, I'm like, damn, this is a cool ass car. I need this DeLorean. They're and- making them again. They're making them to order. I don't think it's gonna be as great as that. No, it's the original. Oh. It's the original parts. Like they, somebody bought the factory, and you can buy a DeLorean to order now. I think we should make this happen. You should. We should get happen. a real talk DeLorean. Yeah, and we should charge people to come look at it. Okay. Take it to conventions. Uh, we'll call our accountants. There you go. What anyway? What's your number three? My number three is the most recent movie on this list. Uh, one of the best superhero movies ever made. I think Suicide you know, Squad. No. Batman v Superman? <laughs> Green Close. Lantern? Oh, there you go. You guessed it. There you go. Green Lantern. Uh, you know, Hal Jordan. No. <laughs> it's Logan. Damn, that shit is number three. Number three on my list. That shit just came out. It I just talk. came I out. I should fucking talk. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, yeah, that movie was a fantastic ending to a character we all love. You know, I, I um, on one of our, uh, our Facebook Real Talk page, uh-huh. there was a discussion on like, What's a movie that everyone loves but you hate? And someone said... Someone said Logan? Yeah. And I was like, why? I'm like, that movie was beautiful. Like, it was... Yeah, Everything about, about that movie, movie was great. And this guy was like, oh, because it didn't cover the entire story in the book. And I'm like... What? What, bro? Like, I love Civil War. But it didn't cover but the it, whole story. But the book is completely different from the movie. Yeah. And I'm, like, trying to respond to this guy, and I'm, like, I got to be nice. But it's, like, so hard to be nice when you're, like, making st- – I'm, like, come on, man. I like you. You're a good dude, but, like, no. So was, I'm with you. I love Logan. Logan, That my- movie gave us everything we wanted in a Wolverine movie. The violence, uh, the emotion, the the struggle in his inner character, especially with Professor X. Oh, yeah, with dealing with him being a father. And yeah, it's exactly. like. And in the end, oh, the end. I I don't know anyone that didn't cry at the end of that movie. And it has nothing to do with his death. It has to do with his him dying and the accept the finally accepting him as a father. When she holds his hand and she's like, and he's like, oh, so this is how it feels. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you fucker. Yeah, that 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 got everybody. I think my number three is the greatest comic book film of all time. It's the Godfather of comic book films, and just. Think about what I just said. The Godfather has a trend in these next three picks. Uh-huh. Uh, my number three is The Dark Knight. Uh, anyone that knows me knows I love Batman. Anyone oh, that knows, I would have never guessed. Anyone that knows me knows I love the Joker. And you put two and two together and Christopher Nolan behind the camera and you have this masterpiece. Everything about The Dark Knight I love. 
I used to be when I first saw the movie, I was like, I really didn't like the ending in terms of like that whole boat thing when you yeah. have to. But like the moral compass is so Im- involved in that particular scene with yeah, trying to prove the Joker wrong that I'm yeah. like, all right, as the years have gone by, it's like it's grown to be like perfect to me. Yeah, it was a very Joker esque uh, scenario. And we're going to talk about the Joker. It's all about the, the one of the greatest performances of all time. I love hearing that that's not the Joker. That's some that that guy's not playing the Joker. I'm like, dude, then why don't you make a DC movie? Like, what are you doing on Facebook? Why are you not making a movie? Exactly. Don't argue with me about something like that. Because if that's your only argument behind his character and his performance, you need to go kick rocks as well. It's amazing how they say that about every Joker. Like, what are you expecting out of every a Joker? Every Joker is different. There's nothing similar about any Joker except the name is the Joker. Because if you're going to tell me that Jared Leto's Joker is from the comics, go somewhere with yourself. If you're going to tell me Nicholson's Joker is from the comics... No. Fucking even Cesar Romero. Homie has a fucking stash. Yeah. And he doesn't take it off. And it's very, like, it's very frustrating because I don't even bother going back and forth with them anymore. Because <laughs> it's just like, dude, like, you're always going to, you're going to be one of those marks that has that mindset that you're never going to change it when it comes to, like, certain characters because you want to be different. But in reality, you're not different. You're just a poser. That wants to shit on shit because you just want to be cool. Yeah. And when it comes to the Dark Knight, there's not much you can shit on when it comes to that movie. Ledger's performance got him an Oscar, and it to me it's my second favorite performance of all time. And on top of that, um, Christian Bale is pretty damn awesome. Yeah, it was a great Bruce as, Wayne. as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know, to me, you know, every the one thing if anyone has anything to say is, oh, where is that? Where's the trigger? Yeah, that's uh, fine. You know, whatever. But every Batman has a different voice. This may not be the perfect one, but I, I didn't hate it the way everyone else did. To me, it's funny now. Yeah, it was a pretty funny aspect, but I didn't hate it. And you, spoiler alert, you kill off one of the most hate. I hate Rachel Dawes. <laughs> so she is like the best part about Rachel Dawes' character is Batman screaming Rachel. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> and. I don't like Maggie Gyllenhaal either, so that's another thing. But she was fine, whatever. Um, the fact that you had Harvey Dent, that was developed so well to Yeah, me. I think that was fantastically well done. And they actually kind of, I mean, it's, I guess it's a twist to me because what I thought that was going to happen was the movie was going to end and Harvey Dent was going to be alive and Two-Face would have been the villain in the next one, but they killed him off. And I'm like, oh, shit. All right, so we're going to do this then. I think what struggles with the dark knight rises is that i think ledger was supposed to be in the dark knight rises and yeah I you can definitely see those you, coming i mean i think he was supposed to be in arkham and yeah. i think that's where everything was going to go on with that i'm sure bane might have still been in it but been in it but i think there was going to be focus on the joker as well but yeah that's my number 3 i love the dark knight i love that franchise i love that trilogy yep it was a great trilogy what's your number 2 my number 2 is one of your honorable mentions uh my favorite gangster movie of all time scarface scarface uh, I watch that movie at least once a year. The every scene has a quotable moment in it. It's, did it. Did it make you want to be Cuban? It did not make me want to be Cuban. It That's me, fucking terrible. No, it did not make me want to be Cuban. <laughs> it made me want to be Al Pacino Cuban. So, uh, like, we'll you, you, you want to talk like this, right? Yeah, exactly. That, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. But uh, every scene had a quotable moment, even though it was like like three hours long. You know what's crazy? 
when I when I saw that movie the first time, and I saw Manolo, I was like, "Hey, that's a fucking guy from Capasa, USA." Yeah. <laughs> oh man, no, but even though it was three hours long, I love the aspect of you oh, go from a Cuban refugee coming to, to like America a to a, a, a literally a crime boss in Miami to his obviously his death at the end. I mean, it's a perfect ending, but I still get sad every time he dies. Once like. He starts fucking like I mean I've never seen anyone coked up that coked up in my that life was and a live mountain holy crap and then like he like shoots everyone up and I'm like excuse me and I see like this guy fucking coming from the back and I'm like oh he's gone there's no way he's gonna make it and then he just dies so well too he just chills in the water yep and um I love that symbolism on the last shot when it was like he's in the water and, and the then you see camera the, pans yeah. up and says the world is yours I'm like oh it's so good it's so good very well shot and I mean everybody knows. The quote from that scene, say hello to my, my little, little friend. friend. Like, any, everybody said that. Do you Every know anyone that's never seen Scarface? That's I mean, never I'm, seen Scarface? Yeah, I actually, I, I don't think I know anyone that hasn't seen it. Do you know uh, anyone? Not not that I know of, or n- I don't know anybody that would admit that they haven't seen it. Pretty I, sure there's people that haven't no, seen it. No, because there's always, I don't know, there's always a movie that you're like, you'd think everyone saw, and in reality, they haven't. I feel like there's people that haven't seen it, but they know enough about it. I mean, that, I'm, yeah. I'm one to talk. I just saw Speed and other movies that for some reason i should have seen oh speed speed's great man speed the first one was good I, we don't talk about cruise control without guys on the, on there the you podcast because cruise control is one of his favorite movies <laughs> and then what what's your number two my number two is el padrino the godfather there you go the godfather is to me the greatest movie ever made the first one right yeah um it's not my number one for a reason that i'll get to it later but uh, The Godfather, to me, is the best film of all time in terms of ever made. It Everything about that movie, to me, is perfect from the performances from Pacino, Brando, Khan, every, um, Talia Shire, and just a story. It was it's a movie, this was the first three-hour, probably the second three-hour movie I ever saw after Scarface. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away by... A movie like that making a fourteen-year-old kid interested. Yeah, that I, a fourteen-year-old that not you know that's just getting to know film should have no interest in this movie because in reality it's a movie that there's not much action. It's all plot development. It's all about development of characters and character interactions. Yeah, and the dialogue is so good. Very. You good. care about these characters. They make you care about these characters, and they make you. And technically, the mafias, quote unquote, are the bad guys. But you spend that entire movie rooting for the bad guys because I sat there and I'm like, damn, the Corleone family is really not that bad. Yeah, the they world. don't want to deal with drugs. Exactly. They don't want to deal with uh, like drinking alcohol. They just want to deal with. Olive oil, gambling, and all that fun stuff. The olive oil. <laughs> um, I would say Brando is the best in that movie. Oh, to, yeah. And He's the is, most memorable character of that movie. This is when he started getting fat. It was probably Pacino's best performance, but Brando was definitely... Absolutely not, but I'll no? talk about that in the next the next one. Um, Pacino's great, but I think Brando's the best in that I movie. I know, he was definitely the most memorable yeah. person in that movie. Um, is there anything else that, that we can talk about The Godfather? Well, oh, I mean, I've been... I don't know if you've done it, but I think HBO I, or Showtime. Have the, I can't do that. The, the whole I can't do that. The, the whole three movies. Because it kind of it kind of kills my feelings for the sec for part two. And there's I'll get into that a little. I've later. been debating whether to sit down and watch all those seven. Dude, hours. Dude, it's seven hours. Yeah, it's seven hours. I and then we'd have to stick. I mean, part three. I don't hate it like everyone else does because I think if we're gonna get into that category, we'll talk about that in the next one. Mm-hmm. Just remind me to mention that again. Um. Part three 
has a certain thing that I really like, and I don't think people look at it that way. Um, I one thing I love about the Godfather too is how it ends. Yeah, how when they kill Sonny, not Sonny, when they kill Carlo, and you just see Pacino with mm-hmm. the Godfather theme just walking with this guy behind him, and it's like, yo, you know that moment, you're like, this guy's the boss. Yeah, no one's he, fucking he with him. Become... Like I'm gonna kill my family. I don't give a shit. And then obviously the last scene with him and Kay when he's like, oh, well, this one time I'll let you t- t- tell you about my affairs or what, ask me about my affairs. And then you see the door close on them. Mm-hmm. When, oh, that's oh, so, it's fucking, the symbolism in that movie it's fucking perfect, amazing. man. Now, the, that, that's the reason why I want to watch it because the third one, I don't, I haven't watched it as much as the first two. And that kind of, is, I have vague memories of it. That's why I want to sit down and watch. The third one struggles because I don't like anyone that's casted in that movie. Oh, yeah. And that's another, like, I think, and I don't like all this stuff about Sicily, like they spend mm-hmm. way yeah, too much time in Sicily. That, yeah. Like the first one, you have a part in Sicily because he's hiding after he kills yeah. Salazzo and the other guy. But with part three, it's like, all right, I understand that Junior is performing his opera, but all right, let's just let's focus on the Corleone family. I don't want to keep. I don't care about the Immobiliati or whatever the hell they were going to do in that. But that's I'll save that for the next debate on, on the next topic. Uh, what's your number one? We've come down to number one. Well, I mean, we already went over it but uh the dark knight is my number one there's no i i'm not gonna sit here and yeah i mean we, 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 we literally just had a whole conversation yeah. about it but you know it's for me is i love comic book films i love action films and this just combines them perfectly uh mixed with the performance of heath ledger the the story and direction of nolan it was one of uh even though it was like a three-hour superhero movie it was fantastic is up there with all the great movies of all time, uh, hands down. Uh, everybody's performance was great, even Rachel's. Uh, Rachel! I felt like she was... I, I loved the way they... I mean, straight out the comments, but I love the way they used her death uh, to go into... I mean, into, it, was a, it was a uh, a piggyback. It was something yeah. as a motivational thing for Bruce, I guess. It was for Bruce, and they also added to uh, Two-Face's... Uh, Story, uh, character development as well and it's all a different origin but it goes back to my argument with the guy about logan yeah. dude if it's done right who cares exactly there's so many different origins of batman and so different so many different origins of these characters because of comics being like different universes different earths and stuff like yeah, this and who cares mean, the the joker everybody accuse every time there's a new joker like he's not the joker like there is no one joker even the comics have different jokers you know what joker i'm actually liking a lot right now um i haven't seen much of it but in Gotham, they're using that Jerome character. Yeah. I love the way they're using they're, him. And they're using the death of the family, which yes. is like the old, uh, the Snyder, uh, Snyder storyline. Yeah, I'm, I'm one so of my glad favorite. they brought the Jerome character back. I was, it, they used it for one episode in like season two, and I was so disappointed that he died off in that episode, but they brought him back, and I love the way they're using him. Yeah, same here. I mean, I've only seen like little glimpses of Jerome mm-hmm. because God, I really have a hard time getting into Gotham. Gotham's But good. Uh, I, that's the one thing that's getting me into. Yeah, he's doing a great job as a Joker S character, H- hands down. Like even though he's a young actor, he's doing a fantastic job. And people will also say, "Oh, he's not really the Joker." I mean, they say that with everybody. So, well, uh, yeah. Until eventually, you're like, "Oh, never mind. He is the Joker." And now we're up to Dave's number one. What do we got here? My number one film, my favorite, my favorite film of all time. Hit us with it. Is Howard the Duck? No, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it is not Howard the Duck. 
I don't know how long I should keep you thinking this. What's the number one for real? Howard the Duck. Oh my God! All right, explain yourself, sir. No, my favorite oh, film of God. all time is The Godfather. I was about Part to run two. out of this hole. <laughs> I just wanted to keep, give some anticipation by letting that shit hold How for a little bit. Duck. Of all the movies you could have picked, uh, my favorite, my favorite film of all time is The Godfather Part Two. Um, it's the, to me, it's the greatest sequel ever uh, made. I definitely cheated. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said you cheated. My favorite, my favorite film is The Godfather Part Two for a few reasons. It is to me the greatest sequel ever made. And it has my number one performance of all time, and that's Al Pacino's take on Michael Corleone in uh, in Godfather Part Two. Just everything from his mannerisms, from his spoken words, everything in that movie, I'm I'm taken, I'm blown away by certain scenes, especially with him and Kay. The two that always stick out to me is him and Kay. Actually, about three scenes, but the main one is him and Kay when Kay tells them that. She had a divorce. I'm not a divorce, an abortion with her kid with because she wants this all to stop. Yeah. And you see it in Pacino's eyes. You're just like, this This guy's about to like yeah, destroy to her. Yeah. And then he smacks her and he's like, you won't take my baby. You won't take my children. And I'm just like, yo, this I, I'm like getting goosebumps just talking about it right now. Um, That scene right there is probably, to me, one of his best scenes of his career. Oh, yeah. Um, great scene. The second one is no word spoken is just score in the background after the whole Fredo incident where he tells him you you I know it was you Fredo you broke my heart you broke my heart and we have um Michael after his mom died mm-hmm. coming in with the score and he just grabs Fredo and hugs him but at the same time he has his eyes on on Al Neri which is his his henchman mm-hmm. and his eyes his face says everything like I'm going to kill my brother I'm going to do it, and this is my mother's dead. I'm giving you the permission. You're going to do what you need to do. And then the third scene that really stands out for me is going back on with Fredo when he tells Fredo, like, you know, I know it was you, and you broke my heart. And it's like you could see in that how heartbroken he personally was as a character. Like, yo, like, what? Why did you do that? Now you you leave me no choice. Very underrated scene in that movie, too, is at the end. Where the the everyone's dead or whatever, and it pans out to Michael just sitting in the chair, and he's like thinking, and you can see in his face like, dude, what did I do? Like I've alienated everyone that I've ever loved. My wife is gone. My brother's dead. Yeah, no one wants to deal with me anymore. Tom Hagen, who did nothing but love me, doesn't want anything to do with me for the for the most part, and it just ends and boom. I also love. The transitions. I love how it transitions from modern day mm-hmm. at that time to Vito's modern day. So you see the rise and fall of Michael, but you also see the rise of Vito yeah. and how they both handle things very differently. And it, the edits, edits are so perfect in that you just transition from 1909 or whatever they were to to Pacino, to Michael's time is done brilliantly. And I can, I don't know. I can't even say how many, you know, how much I love this movie. It's kind of showed the it's the movie that kind of showed me. Okay, maybe I'm not just a normal casual movie goer. Yeah, I kind of take this a little more serious than others. And Godfather Two shows it because to this day, I don't think any movie will ever top top that as my favorite film of all time. And it was an amazingly written movie. Uh, and Pacino did amazing. Even his mannerisms in that movie were fantastic. Like everything he did. 
and we we can go into what we're talking about real quick about what you were talking about Godfather three. Yeah, I don't hate Godfather three because I think Godfather three at the end of Godfather three, Michael finally paid for his sins. In retrospect, he killed all these people. He never paid for his sins, but at the end, when do you know the end of three? I, like I said I vaguely remember, but I do remember what happened. I do so, remember the movie overall. When his daughter dies mm-hmm. and you see Pacino's face, like I don't have any kids, but if something like that would happen to my daughter, I don't think I'd want to live another day in my life. Yeah. So you see it in his face and Pacino's like, oh my God, like why did I get myself into this life? And he's screaming in agony and despair. And I'm like, shit, this movie maybe really isn't as bad as people say. If you really like put everything together as a whole best advice, if you have this nine hours or seven hours is do watch that one, two, three, but don't watch it the HBO way. Cause I think two fits so much better when it's done like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Wait, they change it? Chronologically, when you watch it on HBO, it's part the middle, the De Niro stuff from part two, then part one, then part two, then part three. Oh no, it's I didn't not know that. In, no, it's not in order. Oh like, no, I watch you know. yeah, I watch it the regular way then. Yeah, it's not in order like that. that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, to to me, I I be very hard. Like I know people, a lot of people say Casablanca is one of the greatest films of all time. Citizen Citizen Kane is one of the greatest movies of all time. I love Casablanca. And I've grown to appreciate a lot of older films, but nope, to me. Well, those are some of the best films ever made, but this was our top 10 yeah. of our favorites. So, with that being said, I, you know, Gaius can chime in next week a little bit with his quick um Yeah, we'll go to his films. list real quick. Yeah, we can, you know, because he can comment on ours, we can comment on his. But next week, we'll, we will be focusing on that wonderful movie that everyone but me is looking forward to, Fate of the Furious. Oh yes, it's coming out! I'm so excited. So <laughs> you sound excited. really excited. I am. I, I, it's that time of year again. I'm, when I watch this movie this week, I'm gonna I'm gonna take notes on all the ridiculous shit. That can you? Happens, so we I'm, can go over and it. And we're gonna go over every yes. single one. So spoilers will be a part of next week's podcast. So we'll, see, on, we'll, we'll do it at the end then. So people who haven't to- seen the movie. On top of that, we will, we'll, we will also have another top ten to discuss. We haven't decided on that one yet, but. I'm sure that everyone will love what we yeah, choose. You can check our Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we might put that out, so you can look forward to that. So, for this week's podcast, I am David Gonzalez. And this is Luis Hernandez. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you at the movies, kiddos. Have a good week, y'all. Thanks for listening. You can find our show notes and more at realtalking.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Real Chronicles. Love what you hear? Leave us a review and tell your friends. If you have a topic you want us to cover, shoot us an email at realtalkinc at gmail.com. Until next Monday, keep it real.